Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast. Bloody hard work this season, isn't it? We're going to do our best to make head nor tail of all the coverage and fallout of the Chelsea game with our special football friends, Paul and Claire. So let's start. It's Thursday evening as we record ahead of a crunch game on Sunday versus Leeds United. Um, it makes sense to start on the Weber interview, which was pushed out across all channels and everyone seemed to have their uh, two pennies worth with him. Um, he was asked a question by the BBC, uh, is Daniel Farker unsackable? Uh, and his answer was that, you know, it's everyone's fault, staff and players, and ultimately him, uh, you know, not not just Daniel, that we're in the situation we're in, which is a interesting take uh, and also went on to say that now is not the time to wallow in self-pity so so that was in the same answer as uh the question you know is it is daniel farker unsackable i'm not sure that it's wallowing in self-pity to question the run of results we've got and look at you know ask a very very sensible question as fans or as as pundits um you know is there absolutely no run of results of any combination of last season and this season, as in last Premier League season, this season, in which you will definitely not sack your manager? I don't think you can possibly push this onto the fans as much as he seemed to want to. Um, questioning, you know, whether it's our job to turn up first and we're not allowed to groan after 20 minutes if someone misplaces a pass. And they're kind of ignoring, you know, some of our flag heroes setting out flags for, for hours before the Brighton game when they were finally allowed to with, with, with little to no thanks. So, as as they as the kind of our friends said in our little warm up before we started pressing record, it's kind of clear where I come down on on this uh, this interview. It sort of left me feeling a little bit miffed, to be honest. What, what about you, Claire? How, how do you react to, to what Weber had to say today? Yeah, I agree. It, it left me feeling a little bit miffed. I've tried to listen to it um, in sort of a slightly more open minded context and sort of take the whole bit about the fans out of it because obviously that hurts a little bit. Um, and he came across as very bullish. He's, you know, that's his sort of normal stance and like he's ready to fight, which I guess is a good thing. But I think when you broke down a lot of what he said, it made sense. And he's trying to take the pressure off Daniel. And I don't think at the moment they are thinking about sacking him. They, I heard someone ask him about what if things don't go away in the next five games, which are much more winnable. And he didn't really answer that question. Um, but I do agree with him that he sort of said it, it seems a little unfair to suddenly turn on Daniel Farker now when he's done so much, so much good things for the club, you know, um, and he did kind of uh, emphasise that. But there's got to be a point where you have to go, something's got to change here. And obviously the obvious, easiest answer is changing the manager. But yeah, the whole thing about the fans not really happy about that at all at all he but, said we've all got to get better now there's only so much we can do and I think we did a pretty damn good job on against in Brighton for the Brighton game I thought the atmosphere was really good well that's interesting you mentioned that 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 was something that I was going to to hope that one of you brought up was he kept referring to three three hundred staffers, three hundred staff mm. that need to look at look at themselves as you know we've got an incredible staff, great infrastructure. Look at all the staff. I'm not sure the person who serves the sausage rolls at Colney, if they up their game with you know the, the mix of, of spices and herbs they put into to that stuffing, I'm not sure how how much that's going to affect the chances <laughs> that Pookie gets. You know, I appreciate the the tone and I get it. I get that he's saying 
look, it's not all on Daniel, and it isn't, because the recruitment we'll come on to in a second hasn't so far worked at all. Um, so I get it. That, that that's I get the point, but I just think some of the ways in which he tried to get it across kind of made out that it was so transparently, I'm going to try and direct, deflect attention off this being Daniel having five games to save his career at Norwich, um, that, I, I don't know, it just seemed a bit... Considering what a smooth operator and how carefully calculated what he says he, he, he has been over the time he's been at Norwich, and, you know, he deserves plaudits for that because he's terrific with the press. He's fantastic at semi um kind of uh semi-guarded meanings and things before that's not a very he's much better public speak than i am there you go um i don't i just think this wasn't a great example of that what, what do you think paul um what, i guess what i felt was that maybe the script is getting a bit familiar um mm. that that we have heard some of this stuff before i was i was talking with our guy guardian guy nick ames ipswich fan bizarrely now fascinated with Norwich couldn't think why who wrote about who attended the the jamboree yesterday and, and wrote it up and and he was saying you know he thought he was he was he was drawing attention to the kind of you know the the recording on the fans bit and I was saying well I'm, I'm absolutely certain when I met Weber first three or four years ago he was making the same point um and, and to my mind the atmosphere at Carroll Road is generally shaky where I've always sat up up a Barclay. There's, there's, there's generally more people moaning than there are cheering. And I, I think that goes into a far deeper conversation about what it means to support your team and probably that's best to part that. But I can, I, I can certainly understand why somebody uh, might think that it, it, it should be a different way. Now, ha, a, I think if you're in charge of the football club, it's a very risky thing to do to start saying, you know, you guys who pay my wages, well, I guess we don't pay the wages. That's the thing. It's the Premier League's TV money that pays his wages. But, you know, the, fa- the fans who keep the club going, the fans that are said by the, the club to be, you know, the heart and soul, that you are core part of the problem. But I do think he said that before. Um, but I... I I sort of felt, and he said before, you know, um, this club, I'm, you know, this club is more important than anybody at the club. It's more important than me. It doesn't matter whether I come or I go. He said before that Emmy Brandia didn't want to kick another ball for the club. He said before, you know, judge, you know, make hold me responsible if the team fails because I'm the one who does the recruitment. So for me, it's a bit like, well, what, what, what have you got to say that's new? And and you know, he's another thing, you know. Young players, we bought young players. You need to give them time to bed in. You said that before, so it's like for me, this there's something going on. Why are we so pathetic in the Premier League this time around? Just as pathetic as we were two years ago when we had spent, you know, we we had Emi Buendia, but we didn't have, you know, the squad that we had was far in my mind far weaker than the one we have now. Why is there no real discernible difference? Um, apart from maybe in that performance against Brighton. So why is that? And I don't think we've got any way any way near to finding out an answer to that question. And that's what I want to know. I think it's a really good point, Paul, uh, that you were talking about the <clears throat> him not offering anything different. And it, it, in a way, it, it, it kind of um, 
to and you know again huge disclaimer before any kind of criticism like what you said about you know it's, it's really unfair to to to, to challenge Daniels was what we heard today it is it is possible you know it's cognitively possible to be grateful for four great years or you know a period of four years in which there was a couple of fantastic seasons and also be incredibly disappointed and let down by current behavior if you see what I mean you know it's possible to have a child who you're really proud of and then cross that they paint on the wall you know it, you but he did allude to that states... he did allude to that though didn't he he said Saturday was unacceptable yeah. and he did say that he doesn't expect the fans to be, you know, shouting from the rooftops after the performances like that. So I don't think, you know, he, he did. No, no, I, no, he did on, on the Chelsea game, but he was kind of almost needing to give us a pass for the season so far. Um, now, you know, the, this, this, the, the, the difficulty I had was like, like you said, Paul, there was nothing new there and he didn't seem to answer the question. And I, I'm not sure some of the interviews you kind of heard, you know, Paddy asking and then the response, the, sometimes it was just kind of a series of, of kind of responses. I didn't hear the question be asked, yeah, but what what are you going to do if this carries on? You know, and, and for, it, it, to me, it almost needed to be um, a Jeremy Paxman style. There are no other questions that need answer, asking here. So just keep asking the same one, which is, is there any kind of plan B here? What are you going to potentially do that's different? Do you think I'm being too, too un, unfair, uh, punk? No, I, 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 sorry. <laughs> You're all right, Paul. You, you, you started with you started with a P. In. You started with a P. You see, and that's something. Go for um, it. No, I mean, I, 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 I do think with him, it, you know, I think you, somebody at the leadership of an organisation, he's not going to answer that question, you know. Because you're you're certainly you're setting up a hostage to fortune. You're putting up more pressure on your manager. You're not going to say that whether he thinks it or not. I I, I I do think you know beneath that question is well. I think there's two aspects. Why isn't it working for Farka right now? And if Farka goes, is it the man that goes, or does the whole philosophy have to go with it as well? Because the philosophy of the the Farka way of playing is been so ingrained. And in terms of, you know, the players we buy and in terms of the players we recruit and the way we develop our youth teams. So if Farka goes, it's it's about more than just changing the man at the top. You know, for, for example, I think the best candidate to replace him if he went would be Roy Hodgson. He's mates with Delia. He's a gentleman. He's a good man. He's an excellent coach. And his football isn't as bad as people sometimes paint. It can, can be quite exciting. But it, he has proven that he can take any sack of shit in the Premier League, make them robust enough and keep them up. And if we want to keep developing as a club, we need to stay up. Um, but that will be a very different style of football from what we've had. Are we willing to make that kind of change? And I don't know that answer either. But sorry, Ponty. Well, well, what, but, just just before right. you come we'll, in, just, one, just before you come in, John, I, I would... You st- I still want to hear your thoughts on the weather thing, but I also want to hear you, Punt, come in on the kind of next part of the conversation as well, and you can kick it off and then we'll go to Claire on it. it we, we've already said goodbye to the Farker era in terms so of Farker. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not playing Farker football. We, what, who the fuck are we? We've got I no identity that, please, as it is. 
yeah, there there is an existential crisis. I think that Daniel Farker is is having at the moment. And just to go back to to Weber, I'm kind of almost in complete unison with with what Claire said. I think just to break down what Stuart Weber was saying in isolation, there's lots of logic in what he's saying. There's lots of very plausible and reasonable things if you take the emotion out of it. But football is a game of emotion. And, and as fans, we are all emotionally invested in this football club more than lots of other things in our lives that you know we probably should be you know, as emotionally invested in. It's, it's a really difficult conundrum at the minute. And I've, I've struggled with the Weber interview and I've, li- I've listened to it piecemeal um, and I've kind of been angry and then I've, I've been a bit mellow about it and I, and I don't really know how I feel about it now because I've seen people point out on social media, the whole club philosophy, or you know, and I'm pretty sure it says it at the walls of, of Colney is ignore the noise. Well, this is the polar opposite of ignoring the noise, you know, and, and I, I get that Stuart Webber has probably had to come out and say something because he feels a duty to and he, he feels that, you know, there is too much noise potentially to ignore. But, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really fit with the philosophy. And the philosophy is a is a big issue for me because I can I can wear being bad in the Premier League if we're playing Farker ball. I can wear being bad in the Premier League if we're sticking to our philosophy, I can wear being bad in the Premier League if I've got something to believe in. And what I have seen this season, short of pockets of, of say, like 20, 30 minutes of decent football, I can't believe in, you know, and and that's what I'm struggling with at the minute because, you know, for all the mitigation that there is about, you know, a, a COVID-interrupted pre-season, you know, of new players taking time to to bed in you know of, of all of that you know reasonable stuff that an outsider looking in might might point to or Stuart Webber has, has pointed to as well they're just it was just so abject against Chelsea it was almost as if those players had down tools and it just it felt like a watershed moment and I'm not I really hope I'm wrong and I really hope we can get beyond it but it I'm not sure. I think it's gone too far, and and I didn't think I'd think that this early in the season. And I, you know, it seems utterly crazy to think nine games into a season, you know, that we're we're questioning everything when actually we've had a record-breaking season you know, in you know, kind of in the championship. It just seems mad to me that we, that we can call all this into question. But if we went back to Farker Ball, if we went back to to you know all of that wonderful, you know, kind of exquisitely presented play that that we had I just I just feel much more on board with it and I just I, I I'm really I'm really sad that we've had to do that so early and I'm really sad that Daniel Farker has felt like he needs to compromise his principles to stay in this league because he was the one who pointed this out a, a while ago when we were promoted I think it was he said something along the lines of um and he was using he was citing Sheffield United as an example as kind of look it's a little bit easier to stay up if you're Sheffield United and you're defensively resolute and you know you're a bit more up and at them than you are if you're a free free flowing football team in your first year but as a free flowing football team in your second year in the Premier League with the experience it's going to be a lot easier and he just seems to have jettisoned it and he's jettisoned the for- and I know we'll get onto formations Tom I'm sure we will but he's jettisoned the formation that has served him really, really well for, you know, the two really brilliant seasons that he's had. So I just can't get my head round why we've done that so early. I'd argue that Farkaball disappeared with Emi Buendia. You yeah, can't play that way agree anymore. With that. So we've got to figure but, out a new way of playing. 
vor allem nicht, dass wir können. Und ich denke, das ist das, was ich mit Emmy anymore. Wir haben keinen Player wie Emmy, aber wir haben einen Player wie Emmy. Aber natürlich gibt es etwas mit ihm. Und das ist das Ding. Und auch Kieran Dowell. Und ich kind of, bin really tempted. Er ist nicht Emmy. Aber er ist ein Kreativ. Und ich denke, der Grund, dass Emmy so gut ist, ist, dass Emmy Pookie und Pookies Runs and intelligence off the ball complimented Emmy as much as Emmy's yeah. balls complimented him. Yeah. I think if we are given player, you know, if we if we're giving players a chance to thread Pookie in, like Dow, like Todd Campbell, well, Norman maybe like Rashidza, yeah, like Norman as well. Well, that, that was that, the example I was going to give, and, and also you know, look at Emmy at Villa. It's not like he's got eight. eight he's not playing in the same role, is he? Exactly, yeah, and that's the thing. In. It's it's player plus system. Mm. It's system it, plus player. We hit bingo it, it, with uh, it. So, but we, uh, we've yeah, lost. And, it. Uh, <clears throat> I get that, but you say so you you play a similar system, which therefore gets maybe players closer to the the Dowell or the Campbell or or, or the receipts or whoever you're going to try and create in a, in a kind of. I'm 75% as good as Emmy, so therefore I need slightly more support around me, or I have to shorten the passes, or mm. or however you amend that shape, but. Like the, going back to what you said, Pump. I'm. I think the the reason that it's so shocking that it's this early that it's got like this, it's not the results. It's not the fact that it's two points. I mean, and also if you look at the table, if we went on a good run in the next five games, all of a sudden we would we would look like we've got every chance of staying up because there are three or four other teams that have started badly as well. The the difference is the performances. You know, like you say, little bit against Leicester, little bit against Brighton little bit against Everton, sort of, if you're very kind. And other than that, just absolutely. I, I thought we were really good at Everton. I was that good at I know, Park, I, I, I thought I, we were really, really good. Yeah. I know Brighton, you do. I, I, I think we could I easily have won the Brighton kind. game. If we yeah, stuck a couple of those chances in, which we absolutely should have done, then that would have been could a really good performance. We could easily have lost it too as well, though. And we could have easily good. lost against yeah, Burnley we, as well. We did 100%. No, we didn't. But, but that, I mean, I think... That the, performance. The, person, personally, I think, you know... Personally, I think it was the right thing to switch to five at the back mm. because because I think we needed to prove that we could actually defend at all. But at the same time, we still conceded. You know, we I think we were a lower xG on both times, and we certainly conceded. You know, against Burnley, there were two clear chances, two clear chances against Brighton where they could have scored and you know had a penalty in both occasions. So it's it could it could have been it could have been even worse i, I just i i don't think we've junked the philosophy i i think it's a temporary measure to try and get us stabilized yeah. and i think what probably what we're going to try and move towards is a is a 343 to be able to get the creativity out of the wingers um rather than playing with a 10 i think playing with a 10 and a back four in this league is going to leave us really exposed without the ball And I, I think, however, however well we play that kind of football, Farker ball, we're not going to play it as well as, you know, the teams who can play it well. And it's going to leave us exposed against the teams who play, you know, on the counter or who play, well, yeah, primarily play on the counter or play a more physical game. And that's where we struggle. So I, I, I kind of got the idea, but it, it just, Saturday was just such a step back in terms of, We couldn't execute that. We were so far off executing that. And it just showed again, there's something really bizarre about our lack of confidence that I just can't understand. Why when we were, we waltzed that league and why we've come in and just been so petrified or so, ner not petrified, just nervous, you know, nervous energy all over the place, all over the time. And and um, I think particularly against Leicester, you know, the way we sort of determined to give up that ball in the first half of that half, you know, 
because it was like it's the worst what's the worst going to happen let's give it a go and why do we think like that that's what i just don't well don't that, that's understand. the thing when we're told to ignore the premier league uh, the previous one um and that shouldn't be part of add you shouldn't add that on to the run that we're on now um in a way that's logical however these players are playing like the run is actually 19, you know, without a win, not nine without a win. Do you know what I mean? These, these players look like they are, they've basically gone right from project lockdown or project restart. And then this season started straight after it. I mean, that's how poor we look. And I, I, I think, I think you are being very, very kind. If you suggest that there have been enough in the performances so far to suggest that, that this, like I say, I think that's why it feels like as bleak as it does. I don't think it is the results because the cold hard facts are there are still plenty enough points for us to, to to do it. We don't need like you know title winning form from here on in. We don't need to win every game or anything like that. Um, but I think there's, I think it's perfectly possible for the squad of players we have at the moment to stay in the stay in the league. But I want I want to we touched on formation, but I want to move on to to the actual players and the recruitment, because this dovetails nicely off the back of um, <clears throat> the fact that it was Weber doing the talking. There was something that he said that I thought was really interesting with regards to um, the signings. And, um, you know, a lot has been made of Gilmore away from Carroll Road because, you know, he, he's the Norwich player that, it, you know, everyone knew that wasn't a Norwich fan kind of thing going to, going to Norwich and they can't understand why he's not playing. But he also said said about the, the young lads, um, you know, she's talking about Sargent and talking about Rashica and talking about um, Zolis saying, you know, it's not Zolis's fault that he's got a big price tag and, you know, he can't be expected at 19 to walk into the team and start contributing. And, you know, he's maybe a bit, he was basically saying he's maybe more of one for the future. Well, if we've only got so much money, what the fuck are we doing mm. spending all that money on someone who isn't expected to contribute this side of Christmas? We, we couldn't afford him then. We couldn't, we didn't have enough money to spend that much money, that much of the Emmy money, all of the Emmy money needed to go on keeping us in the league this year. It needed to go on people who could contribute now. We couldn't afford to spend a quarter of the Emmy money on someone who hopefully will come into the team at some point this year. I thought that was a bizarre thing yeah. for him for, to say. For twenty thousand, say let's say twenty thousand pound a week and ten million, who do you think you could have got? I, I I don't know, but I just think you you maybe you don't spend that big, and you you have to take more of a risk on someone who is more um, has got a better career in the championship or has played more, you know, like another kind of Lise Malou, who I'm far from enamoured with. But you know, I I just think it was the way that he said it. Well, why would you expect one of our record signings to be contributing this season? Do you see what I mean? That, that, that no, was the I point that seemed slightly, odd to me. That's slightly disingenuous. I don't think that was the point he was making. I think the point he was making was. He's not gonna. He's not ready to start regularly and to rip it up in the Premier League. But you know, as Daniel Farker said, this is one of the brightest young talents in Europe, and we're incredibly lucky to have him. I think the club's recruitment. You can absolutely question, and I get where you're going in terms of questioning the club's recruitment over the summer. Because look, let's be frank, with the exception of Matthias Norman and some flashes from Ozan Kabak, you, you could say that, you know, it's it's been a failure thus far. But I think what you need to temper that with is that the club is pretty cute at signing players or trying to sign players that they would, would nece- wouldn't necessarily think are kind of within our our sphere of influence to, to be able to get, but they kind of pick their opportunity. They get in at the right time. So if you look at your new list, I, I think when they signed him in the Championship, they thought that was a real coup. Now, we can maybe say the jury's out on that, but... 
you know that they were really excited about that lad and and there were other clubs you know such as Roma in the summer who who were interested in him i think with Christos Solis you look at the names that were linked with that player you know kind of be it Dortmund be it i think Manchester United Liverpool you know lots of a host of other you know top european clubs we've signed a lad that has got amazing potential and we've signed a lad that we're not going to make a loss on and i think this is this is where Stuart Webber is looking at the football club like a business and it is absolutely a business in so much as we're going to sign a player, he's going to add value for us, you know, possibly for only a year or two, and then we're going to sell him on at a profit because that's the model that we work within. But he's not going and to so add value if he doesn't play. Yeah. But I think, of course, am I the he's only going one to... who? Am I the only one who just thinks it's odd to that we, like Paul said, so and so goes back to what Paul said about how important it is to stay in the league, um, and you know, it goes back to what you said about Farker saying, "Play beautiful football. It's hard if you can just about do it first year. It then gets easier and easier." Going back to what you said, Punt, about having a um, having a philosophy to believe in. So, so what I believe we'd all bought into with this Weber and Farker project, um, what I believed that what I thought was, right, we're going to play really, really great football. It's going to be a bit of a roller coaster. Um, we are going to be uh, playing uh, in in a way that from the, the academy up, you know, we're told there's cameras all around the academy and they're checking that everyone's playing Farker ball from, you know, three years old upwards. Brilliant. We love that. What a great philosophy. Uh, and it means that it might take us two or three goes to get up and stay up because each time we are going to keep playing the same way and the players will be slightly better each time, which means eventually we'll be able to play that beautiful football and we'll be able to be basically good enough to do it against the better teams, get enough points to stay up. That's what I thought this whole thing was, right? Whereas currently, I just think we are... I agree with you, Paul. I thought it was really sensible, and I felt pretty positive halfway through the second half against Brighton that I think we might have the balance right here, okay? And there was some proper on-the-ball cities. There was some proper singing that really felt like like the... uh, for me anyway, the first time we're actually competing and we're, we're in this, we're in this league and there's a chance. But the the, the Chelsea performance just, it just seemed to undo all of that. And I know it's only one game, but that's one of the problems with the Premier League. The games are so far apart. You have such a long time to, to dwell on it. Normally in the Championship, we'd be talking about how we got on away at Stoke on a Tuesday by now. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. it's, so it's, it's tricky. But so Claire, you know, you sounded like maybe you, you agreed a bit that, that, if we've only got so much cash to make sure we make a go of it this season, and, and this is the thing, John, you said, you know, Man United were linked with them, Liverpool were linked with them or whatever. Yeah, but they can afford to spend 10 million and play some, put someone on the bench yeah. and give them a few games in the, in the League Cup. We can't. We needed someone to come in and play. I, I... And I, but I think, and sorry to cut across you, Claire, okay. I think Christos Solis would add value, just to come back on that, and would have been adding more value had we not had to compromise our principles a little bit thus far, because as as Paul said, I think the 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 movement towards a three four three was obvious based on you know kind of potentially what pre season had looked like, and you're going to need two decent wingers for that. We'd signed two decent wingers over the summer, so that's the, I guess the disappointing thing is because we've jettisoned the philosophy, be it temporary or not, our two, be it record signings or you know kind of close to record signings, um, aren't able to be played. So. I don't think this was a deliberate ploy to bring in Jollis and say, well, he's going to sit on the bench for six months. I think they were going to drip feed him in. It's just that the system isn't allowing them to do that. Sorry, Claire, you go. No, 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 it's fine. Um, I I agree. I think it's a, it's a hell of a lot of money to spend on a player that that hasn't, well, he hasn't even really been given a chance at all, really. Um, we haven't tried to drip feed him into the team 
even did just he start at a... Arsenal. Did he? I think he. I think yeah, he did. One yeah, start, one. Yeah. one out of nine yeah. games as our is he a record signing? But it's like if we spent that much money, and okay, yeah, he's got great, great potential and can become a wonderful player, but at this rate, we're going to get relegated. So he's going to be doing all that in the championship. We've spent that much money for a player that's potentially just going to play in the championship. I, I'm not sure. I just, I don't know. I think it's a bit strange that uh, that he doesn't seem to be even trying to give him a chance at the moment. Maybe he's not as good. I don't know. Maybe he's not showing it in training. I just, I really wish he'd been given a little bit more of an opportunity because he's that kind of player that can get the crowd going, you know, with his speed and I just wish we had a few more of those players on the pitch at the moment because we have gives you an X factor that any, yeah exactly that any had. You exactly know, he, he, he's you get got you off your seat well he was great I mean like, you know the Bournemouth game was obviously the most enjoyable part of the season so far um, and it was thoroughly enjoyable watching watching you know him and Sergeant the way the way that they combined and bull in a china shop kind of approach yeah and, and then we there's Sergeant's... a big clamour for him to play the next game and he didn't yeah. did he he didn't start. Or it wasn't even on, I don't know, everyone's like, oh, everyone's fully expecting him to play the next game. And he wasn't. Yeah, well, I, I think that, see, again, I, I think that what Weber was saying was Weber was getting out in front of trying to take on. Well, you shouldn't criticise Daniel for not playing Jolis much because he's 19 and we need to, you know, drip feed him in. So you shouldn't. Uh, like, I, like, it's, it's difficult because, as you said, John, you can't take emotion out of it. Um, Weber's done a phenomenal job. Farker's done a phenomenal job if you ignore the, the Premier League where he's a dreadful manager so far, statistically. I mean, it just is. Um, and I'm, you know, I'll be forever grateful. But this is exactly why I said in, in on the pod at the end of last season, Daniel should go this summer. Daniel should go and go and get a different job and leave on a high, have a statue outside because it's only going to end badly. You know, it, can't, it can only go down from here. Um, you know, because what if he can't do it in the Premier League again? All of a sudden, all of this incredible, you can have the keys to the city, never buy a pint in Norwich again, whatever way. And it, 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 I think a lot of what I was seeing Saturday night into Sunday for the, the emotional response was um, those of us who aren't, you know, who really want this to work and want want don't want a change at all. The thing that my first thoughts was, I can't bear to see a manager who's given us such joy subjected to the Chris Hewton paper aeroplane in the face and the Worthington booze and you don't know what you're doing. And that just, it doesn't feel like we're that far away from that at the moment with the way that you read, reading the fan base, taking the temperature. I, I just think, and like you say, it's crazy that we're, you know, only a quarter of the season in and it feels like we've already got to the point where you think you, can you not do this at, at, at this level? Um, I, I don't know. Do you think that let, let's kind of look at, at, at Sunday because that's obviously our first opportunity we've got. Um, what do you think might be his formation? Do you think we might see Gilmore on Sunday, Paul? No, no, I don't. Because, um, uh, well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it's never, never. Uh, you never win much money by betting against Farker picking the same team as last time. Um, and I could totally see a logic in him saying, okay, it's up to, I'm, on, I'm giving these players a chance to redeem themselves after the disaster of last time around. It was interesting, you know, one thing that I think people did pick up about what Weber said was, you know, we're going to need to be, you know, we're going to be on the front foot on 
the team needs to be on the front foot on Sunday. So if the you know if, if that's the case, then you know is that just a change in mentality or is that a change in in players? But I think if I don't think Gilmore in that five three two is particularly I don't think he's particularly suited to the five three two because I think what from what I've seen of him and let's face it we haven't all haven't seen that much of him he's good at he's good at switching the play he's good at sort of picking long range passes and uh without having wide men forward then there's less of those options okay you've got the wing bats going up and maybe that's that and then you know certainly I remember against Burnley they're trying to hit a lot of balls over the top on the get the defense on the turn maybe that's what he'd be there for but I, I'm, I'm not sure that he's the man for that I'm also worried where he would fit in a 3-4-3 because I think he'd need more physicality than he can provide in those two spots I, I, I'd, I'd hope I really hope um, I don't. You guys might know better than me. I, I really hope that Todd might be in the mix, or Dowell might be in the mix um, on 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 Sunday. Um, somebody to link up to effectively have a uh, an eight stroke ten in that midfield three mix. Um, somebody who can link up the play uh, in between those the forwards in the midfield, which I think is quite strained. There's quite a lot of places around the pitch where things. The relationships aren't working. Saw a stat today saying that um, Max Aaron has, has lost the ball as many times as anybody in the Premier League, and you know it's like, yeah, who is he linking up with now? You know, there's no Emmy there. Obviously, they had a good understanding, but who is he trying to find when he's on the ball? I always see him kind of approaching the area and thinking he doesn't want to go around the fullback, and there's nobody really bombing on from midfield that he can kind of like play in either. So like those relationships and I think that is that is a case of time that that's coaching that's you know they're making this up on the hoof and that they have to get better at it but um I think somebody like Todd or Dowell in the team doing a bit more of that sort of creative work in the in the half uh what are they called half spaces um, or just linking up the forwards in the midfield a bit more might be might be might be helpful. I'm just trying to I was just trying to look um, where where Gilmore actually plays for Scotland. So um, does anyone know the answer? To that? I'm finding it really difficult to Google Scotland. I think he formation. has played as a holding midfielder, but then he's played as a holding midfielder against Israel. So you know, yeah. and then being you know, widely lauded for it. Yeah. So. It's you know it's almost like well the frame of Fair reference is, isn't particularly useful is it you know so I think against England he was a central midfielder he was more of an eight than you know he might have been a six I I, I really like Paul's point about the fact that I think we need to we need to look at a supply line we need to look at the way in which we link midfield and attack I think if Farker is going to stick to three at the back and that's an interesting conundrum because Ben Gibson you know must be suspended for that game I'm guessing. Um, then you know, do we look at, at bringing Amabamadeli into you know what he's essentially going to be? I really like the lad, Get but you know, I really like him, um, and I I would personally I would play him. Um, hopefully, Farker thinks it's it's the right time to blood him, but I would uh, potentially I'd be looking at dropping Sergeant. I think, and and the reason for that is that I just think even if we went something like I don't know, you know, whatever it, it looks like, so three four, you know, kind of um, 
or three four two one or you know whatever it might be something along those lines we need someone in behind Pookie. we need someone to be feeding him and it's all very well saying matthias norman can do it from deep but the balls will be from deep all the time and i think defenders can can more easily anticipate that i, I think we need a todd we need a dow we need a someone who who is going to be able to link it up because Max and, and Yanulis were probably, well, what, from what I observed, our worst two players on Saturday. And they are supposed to be, you know, kind of one of the more potent attacking outlets for us, you know, kind of on the wings. It, it just, the system doesn't seem to be clicking as, we, as we'd have wanted it to. And that's, you know, that's probably because this isn't the, the system that we thought that, you know, we'd be playing for the entirety of the season. And, and Farker has had to, to change his plan. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm really conflicted with it. I personally, I'd like to see him go back to four-two-three-one, and I, I take on board Claire's comments about you know we're never going to have another Emmy, but you know it just feels like we may have the personnel to be more like a four-two-three-one than a three-four-three or a you know five-three-two or three-five-two, whatever we want to call it. And but you know obviously I'm not paid lots of money. Um, to um, to manage a football club, and I'm a dickhead with a flag in the stands. So you know, it's it really doesn't matter what I think. But Farker's got to come up with the answers pretty soon. Well, onto the case for the defence. I th- actually think that the we had COVID in pre-season thing is re- super relevant when you combine it with who our first few uh, fixtures were. Um, but you know, another thing that came out of the, the interview, and it will probably be the last time I bring it up, but there was just so many things that didn't resonate with me well. Um, he's, he's mentioned about Ozan Kabak's only played 45 minutes since April when we signed him. He's been in the building two months, Stuart. You've had two months to get the boy up to up to speed. Come on. I think there was context around that, that he was saying before the Watford game, he'd played 45 minutes of football. I think that was quite clear. I think that might have just been, that, that might have been taken. So context, Ben Gibson and, and Hanley, they were out injured for ages. That's, how is that relevant? Yeah. I think I retrospectively, he was saying that Ozan Kabak probably shouldn't have played against Watford. That's what I took from it. And you could say that's fair. I guess he's got to fill the space. He's got to fill 20 minutes with each of the, the, the press pack and he's got to say something. And he can't just say, I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I, I get that. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was that was odd. But I mean, yeah, case for the defence. I, I think it's too. we're too far into the season now for any of the excuses we had in the first few weeks or reasons or whatever to, to still be to still be relevant. Um, the one thing I, I think is the biggest case for the defence in terms of um, being positive about going forward in the rest of the season is you just look at the, just look at the league table. Um, it, yeah, if we can pick up two wins um, in three games or two wins and a draw in four games, we're probably going to be out of the bottom three. We're certainly going to be within a point or so of safety. And all of a sudden we're then, OK, it's now a fair fight between us, the rest of the teams for the rest of the season. And we've probably played a few more harder games than they have. So it it's it feels so lost yet it is a couple of good performances lucky bounces um away from from, from feeling probably exceptionally different like we could be depending on how results go on saturday sunday night we could be third from bottom with a win could be mm. depends on what Burnley and newcastle do of course but you know it, it, we are not a million miles away from in terms of points the issue is it does feel in more games than not, it feels that we are quite a long way away in terms of performances and in terms of application. So Weber said, sorry, it wasn't the last time I was going to bring it up. Weber said against Leeds, we could lose 5-0. <laughs> sorry, we could lose 1-0, but we could hit the bar five times. 
we haven't been here in the bar five times. You know, it, we, we, we have not had nine games in which, oh, if only, if it wasn't for that pesky VAR, that hasn't happened this season. We've been well beaten when we've yeah, been It beaten. did against Leicester, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but it was right. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't that much of a, of a close call. And, and yeah, right, as saying. we said, Le- Le- Leicester. We genuinely pl- Leicester and Brighton. I think I, I, I don't agree with Burnley and Everton. I don't. I don't think you get a lollipop for that. I, I think we genuinely competed and genuinely looked like we could get something in Leicester and Brighton. Yeah, we could have got three points. Could have got four points really from those two games. Um, and and I think that you know the the Brighton game was. was the first time I, I genuinely felt sorry for, for Farker because I thought you picked a team that created chances, looked tighter than they have done. Although, yes, there was the penalty and, and Cruel had to make a worldie. But, you know, fair enough. In the Premier League, you, you're going to have a few good chances each game. Of course you are. Concede them. Um, but, you know, genuinely, if it wasn't for open goal misses and nonsense that, as Farker said about, um, sorry, as Weber said about Gibson sending off, there's nothing a manager can do about someone losing their head. Well, you know, you can argue about man management and concentration levels being manager's job. But I really felt sorry for him after that Brighton game because I thought, you have done your job. You've set this team up to create enough chances and be in the game and be tight. And we, we competed and they did seem to be really working hard. What I think will be interesting is how much on Saturday, early doors, the team looks like they are up for it and I, I, I wonder uh, Claire did, did you how much did you find it interesting that Hanley quote about there's something going on in the dressing room or we we all know what's going on in there there's something did you do you remember that after after the Chelsea game I blanked everything out after the Chelsea game to be honest with you Paul, what did he say? Journal, you <laughs> yeah I, I thought he was saying that's not the, the performance doesn't represent who we are yeah. and and, and we're all confident that, that we're, we're we're a different team than that and that we've got a very good bond yeah so you know we'll again again woody said you know he's a cat he's the club captain if you're going to come out and say things ain't rotten you know if you're going to come out there and do a pogba then you're 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 sort of you're undermining everything you know that's not what the captain's there to do so does veteran say anything different you know, maybe not but uh that is what he said and you know it, I do think I do think if we if we win one game, but more importantly, if we have a good performance, you know, actual performance where we actually play some half decent attacking football, the, the perspective can change so you know so much so much because you can just start thinking, well, not only is the gaps up not so big, but but we can do it, you know. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting game because Leeds are not in a good place. All the Leeds no. fans I know, and I know quite a few of them, they're all miserable. Um, they've definitely got, you yeah. know, Rafinha might well be fit. He's a player who can hurt anybody, but they've not had a good season. They've been very poor. Been yeah. Very poor. They're, they're, I saw a couple of things today that uh, someone was um, saying, you know, 89, ninth minute Pookie uh, winner. You know, they're, they're expecting to, to do a long come Leeds to us. You know, they're, they're expecting, oh, it'll, typically it'll be Leeds that doesn't manage to, to roll to roll Norwich over. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's, it, will be, it will be interesting from that point of view. What, what I think is interesting is how we how the players react to adversity um, and how the fans react to adversity if there is some on Sunday because we've had these rallying calls before um, and it I, it will be a good atmosphere before the game I'm sure it will Leeds will make plenty of noise fantastic travelling travelling support um, proper football club etc I think it will be interesting if there is that misplaced pass after 20 minutes when it's still 0-0 or heaven forbid there is an early you know we can see the goal early um, you know, is there that? Do they have the stomach for the fight? I, I think that's what 
that's what some fans probably need to see is is yes some attacking football um but also genuinely willing to without getting sent off Ben Gibson genuinely seem to to put some fight and 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 some energy and that's what I thought we saw at Brighton particularly second half there was mm. so much energy and that's what I like about Sargent he's, I don't think he's a busy fool I do think he he genuinely contributes in how much he helps with with Pukki's pressing um but on on your point of perspective Paul I think that it's not if we can get a win or if we can have a good performance, that's one thing. The thing that Farker could really do with to, is, is some narrative busting. He could do with Zollis changing the game. He could do with Rashica scoring the winner. You know, he could do with Norman getting a header from from. I oh know he takes corners, so we can't. He, well, yeah, chipping it up and then heading it in. You see what, I mean? like, <laughs> he, what, what, what I think that they could that do with something. is one of the new boys owning the game, running the game, or winning the game. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I just think I, he shouldn't be paying attention to any narrative. You know, it's not it's not his job. He's wasting his time if he is. You know, that's for all us to waste our time on Twitter talking about that. It's not his job. He, he, any any player scores. You know, we've only scored two bloody goals. Any player scores. And all of a sudden, you know, we've got a hero, you know? Yeah. Like, um, you know, imagine if it's Omobamadeli. Imagine if Max Ahrens crashes in a shot, you know, Actually, completely you know, beats a man and crashes in the shot. I mean, like Jamal Lewis scoring against Leicester that time. Yeah, you know, that was it was brilliant. It's brilliant. So he just he needs he needs something positive, obviously. Um, but I think I think you know I I, I think the seeing some spark. I think what the fans certainly listen to what you guys are saying tonight, and 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 I mean you know what the fans want is to be reminded of the stuff they love so much in the championship and to an extent I think we must be spoiled because we you know we're so good in the championship but I think just a little bit of that to see some because we haven't had any of that this season be honest if we're honest rather we haven't seen any flowing attacking football even you know three or four passes to get inside the box and create a chance that would be good you know just to a reminder that we can still do it I think that would be that would be something that the fans would appreciate and probably the fans do deserve to be honest that's a really good point, Paul, because yeah. I think I'm kind of on the page where, as you said, Tom, you know, Stuart Webber's come out and he's he's given it the big rallying call. And look, we've heard rallying calls before this season. And I am I have always been of the opinion that actually it's a two-way street in terms of the players need the fans, the fans need the players. But actually, there is nothing to say that us as fans can't start it, can't you know be the catalyst for change, can't get behind, you know, we can get behind the team. We can make sure that that you know we are there for them. I feel slightly differently. I th- you know for for Sunday, I feel like it's almost like the players and maybe Daniel Farker owes owes it to us yeah. to pick up to pick the fans up and 100%. to actually make us get behind them. And 100%. and I, that's where I think the rallying call and the tone of which um, or the tone that that Stuart Webber chose to use was slightly ill judged. In so much as you know, it it was almost like. Get behind us. We I, need you. I agree. But you know, again, again, I'm just going to go up to the Brighton game. There was an on the ball city that rang out that made my, you know, my hair stand up on the it back. Was of amazing, it. Yeah. it was amazing. We really yeah. did really push, you know, push the team on and we're willing them on and we were behind them the whole way. So that's, I think, why it hit sort of the heart so much about what he said because I was like, hang on a minute, we we did that in the last home game and I saw mm, it on the yeah. news just now. He sort of alluded to the fact the last two home games we'd been a bit poor and I was like wait a minute no 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 you know we were 
considering where the team are, how badly the season started, what we put up with last time in the Premier League, to have that kind of, you know, uh, the, the backing of the fans like that in that game, I think we, we're, we're doing... Look at the Man United fans pouring out of the ground on Sunday. Mm. You know, we don't do that. We're not We're not as awful as I think a lot of people think we are or say we are. So I agree, we've totally got... Uh, the, the players have got to give us a little bit back on Sunday. We will be behind them, but they need to give us a goal. There's only so much yeah, the fans can do. Yeah. Singing at nil nil in in that way that we did, you know, they had all they did is have a good attack. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right we mm. haven't. I think that was an outstanding performance from the fans. We <laughs> haven't. We haven't taken the lead yet. <laughs> no, we, we've it's, scored it's two nearly, goals and one of them was a penalty. It's like I'm surrounded by pumpkins. Grateful, like, <laughs> we, we you should be grateful we're still turning up, let alone yeah. singing. I mean, come on. Like, the guys we're not robots things, you can't like program us say right you today you need today, to be level eight <laughs> we're yeah, yeah, exactly. Le- level eight cheering right, yeah. okay so <laughs> predictions for predictions for sunday i want a score and a man of the match please and i'm coming to you first johnny punty punt punt oh bloody hell um i think i think we're gonna go and do a win you know lads i think <gasps> we're gonna go and win two oh, one we're actually gonna score double our Season goal tally. Um, I'm going to say that man of the match is going to be Billy Gilmore. <laughs> He's got to get a fucking bitch first. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, uh, Claire. Um, we are definitely going to win because it's the first game I'm missing at home. Um, so I'm fully expecting to miss a victory and a couple of goals. I think it'll be 2-1 as well. And In the nicest possible way, I hope you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do I. Um, and my, my new favourite, Matthias Norman, is going to be man of the match again because I think he's just wonderful, full of energy. I love him. Okay, and Paul? Well, I'm afraid I think we're definitely going to lose because it's oh. the first home game I'm going to see this season. So, <laughs> okay. um, sitting in Claire's seat. <laughs> yeah, well, could well be. Who knows? But um, uh, no, I'm sure if I, I'd have known if I was sitting near Claire, because I'm sure it would be loud on the ball cities wherever I turned. <laughs> um, so no, I think I think one nil to Leeds and Grant Hanley man of the match. Okay. Um, well, well, I'm cheered gonna... me right up. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but lower expectations. Cool. Lower expectations. You know, yeah. I, I got I got really. I thought we were going to get a point at Chelsea last weekend. I have to say, yeah, <laughs> I, I did thought, as well. I, I thought, I thought no Lukaku. They'll take their eye off the ball. We'll dig yeah. in. That's what I thought. I live in Chelsea land as well, so I was bigging it up to all of them. Going, you know, I'm really positive. We haven't let a goal in for two games, and oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that backfired. No, I, I, I'm. I, I'll lift lift the mood again. I, I can't see. Uh, I cannot see us continuing to fail to win. Um, I do think that I do think that there. I, I get what you're saying, Paul. Farker shouldn't be thinking about the noise, and I'm not saying that he should set his team up to try and be a narrative buster. I'm talking about reducing the pressure on him and reducing the, 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 the reducing the noise in general. It will really be sort of dealt a blow if Sergeant gets the brace that he's going to get this weekend. Yeah, there you go. That's much more like it. That's much more like yeah. a Farker narrative buster. Stick yeah. with the guy until he yeah. comes good. Yes, and I think I because I just think that it's the sort. You know, he follows up and he follows up an own goal. Uh, sorry, he follows up an open goal miss with an absolute thumper from the edge of the area. Then the next one is a Bournemouth style off his elbow, and then Leeds get one back, and it gets really, really, really tense at the end. I think it'd be two one, but I think they'll score in like the. 
maybe the 78th minute or something, and it would be a real, real squeaker. And Tim Krul ends up being the man of the match because the last 12 minutes is a masterclass of him keeping us in it and getting the three points. <laughs> cool, I'd love that. Obviously, the elbow nil. goal would be ruled out. So I'd take a one nil with no, no, no passes, no pass accuracy. <laughs> I take a, yeah, the I worst one nil I've ever don't seen. Don't care about performance on Saturday. We just need to win. Okay, and yeah. but but uh, I want another prediction off you as well. Um, and again, I'll start with Johnny Punny Punt Punt. When does Farker leave Norwich? I want a date. It doesn't have to be the time and the hour. It doesn't have to be a day. I want, you can go with a month if you want. If you want, you can go with a year. You can go 2026. Oh, when do you think, when do you think he goes? And you're not allowed to say before 2022, unless you give a backup option, which obviously Paul has already done. He said that Hodgson's coming in. Oh, Thomas, why are we having this discussion to end the podcast? Cause this kind of feels like this is where we're going to end it. And then I'm going to feel all negative. Um, not if you say really... 2037. <laughs> right. Okay. So I think just to put it out there, I, because there's lots of people that are now starting to say almost, oh, I told you so about Daniel Farker. Um, fuck off. Like quite genuinely fuck off. Like people who get onto the manager pretty much are always proven right. You know, kind of, so at one, you know, kind of point or another, there will always come a point pretty much with clubs like Norwich City and their managers that, you know, if you if you barrack them enough and you stay on point enough that you will be right eventually and they will have to be sacked. So just fuck right off with that. Um, I'm going to be really uber positive. I'm going to say Farker is going to walk away at the end of the season with his head held high, kept us in the Premier League and there might be a top Bundesliga club that have come for him. If he walks away at the end of the season, do I have to give you a, um, a replacement, Tom? Uh, no, no, end of the season in positive circumstances, no replacement is required. Lovely. Thank you. Because I couldn't Claire? think of anyone anyway. Um, if we get relegated, I think he will leave before Christmas next year. Because I think I can't see that we're going to come straight back up again. I think we'll be languishing somewhere in mid table. So maybe November next year. If we stay up, I don't think he'll leave before the end of his contract unless something horrific happens I I don't want him to leave I want him to succeed so much I really believe in what he's tried to do what he has done and what he wants to do I just I don't I don't want him to leave so he won't he's never going anywhere okay because <laughs> that means we've done well all right Paul but if he leaves almost if he leaves on his own terms we've done well as well and I think that's yeah, where he he doesn't I almost leave. see I almost see Daniel Farker as, you know, kind of a, a player in terms of his contractual arrangements and, and, you know, we'll develop him. He'll do well with us. He goes on to the bigger and better things. And we can almost use that sales technique that we use with players probably at Colney now in as much as look, Norwich is a stepping stone. As much as we don't like that, it no, is a stepping no, no. stone. No. Um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> aim high, aim high. <laughs> but, you know, people at the club actively tell us, look, this is a, this is a springboard. This is an opportunity. This is how they sell it. You know, you're going to get an opportunity um, at real exposure within either the Premier League or top end of the Championship. That's not a bad thing. You know, there's lots of clubs that are a lot worse off than us. So, have they told you that in five years' time you can be going and creating a better atmosphere at Real Madrid? What me? Yeah, yeah, but uh, well, no, obviously. No, but that's a, that's a shame they don't offer you the same career development. I think that would be <laughs> that would be wise of them to say, listen. 
you're trying to turn Norwich into a place that actually has a load of happy supporters who sing for their team and you can go to the stars. Anyway, I think... <laughs> Mate, gonna... I, if, I, if we achieve that at Norwich, I'd just retire. That'd be it. Like, that's the job done. Like, I mean, look, we know how volatile this fan base can be. Or, you know, as you say, shaky, I think was the word you used. You were bang on well, it. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, we're not alone, are we, in so many clubs that like us nowadays. No. Um, um, and, and, you know, I don't mean to do it to our fans down. We obviously got great fans, but it's just... It's you know it's humanity. You stick so much massive humanity into yeah. into one room, and you're going to get differences of mm. different types in there. Anyway, my prediction is he leaves at the end of next season with Stuart Webber, having kept us in the Premier League for two seasons, mm. but not because he wants to leave Norwich, but because food food is in such short supply in the UK, and there's so <laughs> much poo in poo in all the rivers. No, they just decide. They decide. Actually, we'll go. We'll, we'll go to Germany and and, and at least have a nice meal. Oh, oh brilliant! Wow. I'm really glad we got a Guardian journalist on because we wouldn't have got that take from anyone else. Brilliant! Amazing! Fantastic! I, I I think he's I think his his job is safe. Um, I think that that uh, he will get good enough performances from from the players for 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 the rest of the season. And whether or not, I still think we can stay up. Um, especially if we if we get two of the next five, then I I, fa- I fancy this this manager, backroom staff and squad because there have been some some positive. I you know he's not currently playing the Talas I want him to play, but I understand what sort of why. Um, if he gets a bit of luck and and things run our way in the next in this com- in this upcoming run, we've got enough about us as a as a community as a club as Weber says as as a togetherness. We've got enough to stay up. And if we don't, I think we'll go down battling a lot more in the, the, the other three quarters of the season than we have in this first quarter. Because simply, I can't, I just can't see the amount of talent in that coaching staff not managing to figure it out with the amount of opportunities they're going to get mm. over the coming games. Because I do think, correctly, and I'm proud of it, our ownership and sporting director will be patient and more patient than, as we've already seen, some, some, other, some other ownership. So... Um, I think that he easily sees out the easily sees out the the, the season, and um, I really hope that it is with us in the Premier League. But either way, I, I don't think he's going anytime soon. And the best way to guarantee that is to start getting those points, and that happens on Sunday. So enjoy it, however you're taking it in, whether or not, like Claire, you are avoiding it so that we can win, which is so big of her, and we really appreciate it. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, or like Paul, you know, you're actually going to bother turning up. Um, enjoy it Claire thank you so much for your time Paul thank you so much for your time John I acknowledge you exist we <laughs> we all our love to Lorne and the family everyone else find how you go